I also libraries. Really, I like communism. Yeah, I like yes, in the section exactly. That, <laughs> I like the fact that uh, he talks a little bit in some depth about uh, the Second International and Karl Kautsky as a kind of uh, so somewhat of a typical intellectual, as opposed to this kind of a kind of lumpenized intelligentsia that we're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that that comes with a a socialism which is very positivist, very evolutionist, and it's very it's reorganizing human life to be more economically and scientifically uh, rational. And it really does kind of strip all the humanism out of socialism, at least a little bit. He talks about the tension in this chapter. And I just think that it's, it's valuable to acknowledge that. And, and again, he contrasts that with, with in Russia, the socialism that always has an element of populism as a feature. It's always a part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. The, so, the legacy of the Narodniki. Yeah. So like the, uh, the positivist evolution, evolutionist economistic socialism of the majority of Western Europe, it's never very popular in Russia, even when it is the main socialism, like of yeah. Plakhanov and Zasulich and so on. Yeah. It's only whenever the whenever the Bolsheviks adopt a much more populist kind of program right. that they become popular. Mm-hmm. And they become popular like overnight. Yeah, they became enlighteners who embodied the mission of awaking consciousness and spreading a message of liberation, like the Narodniki. That's on yeah. 244 here. Right, and whereas before, they were following the Kautsky line, according to which the vehicle of science is not the proletariat, but the bourgeois intelligentsia. Right. Yeah, and then you see here, they uh, he talks about Lukash, who's suggesting a dialectical synthesis. Um of this opposition in his concept of class consciousness. Intellectuals who break with their class bring knowledge from outside to the proletarian class, but it is only when the latter appropriates it to the point of establishing a complete homogeneity between the subject and the object of knowledge that class consciousness emerges. Thereafter, the intellectuals do not belong to the revolutionary movement as representatives of their own group, but only as an expression of this class consciousness that condenses theory and practice a worldview and a political project, a class and its historical mission. It's like the intellectuals are D-class-A and they also don't have a home in in the group they're writing for. They're like the spiritual, <laughs> spiritually attached, but not materially. <laughs> I think, I mean, I feel like you guys have mentioned like the problems of um, like that the communist movement has never really known uh, like what to do with intellectuals in a lot of cases. Like, is that a problem that they have to just be entirely like self-sacrificing, you know, to, to the proletarian movement? Um, I, I don't know if I'm making sense with that question there. Like, does it have to be an entirely a thing of self-negation of, of entirely, um, entirely submitting all your intellectual work and endeavors to, to this class, which you actually yourself are not allowed to identify with. Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I think I would take a Lenin, Lenin in the era of the what is to be done as a kind of a, an ideal. Intellectuals are, are valuable and they're even necessary. But because they don't have to, uh, they don't have to succeed the proletarian movement doesn't have to have any victories. They can always just go back to whatever other life. That means that they always have to be subordinate. They always, their interests always have to be subordinated to the to the proletariat. So their role, they, yeah, fine. You have intellectuals and they're in leadership. Okay. But Lenin's even, I think he even says like, to the extent that that happens, 
there has to be three proletarians for every one intellectual in uh-huh. a leadership body. You know, I, th- I kind of think that, yeah, we'd be better off if we had a similar kind of attitude about things. Yeah. Whereas yeah. now it's like we have one proletariat for every 50 <laughs> intellectuals. At best. <laughs> for every pseudo intellectual. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> for everybody who's really good at regurgitating fucking uh, self-help language and calling it Marxist. Yeah. Jesus. Dang. <laughs>